We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me today, no Jack Manuel. We got special guest, Corey Raish. What's up, Corey? How we doing? Good, good. How about you, man? I'm excited. I mean, we got the trades cooking. Obviously, the one we're talking about is not necessarily the one that's going to shut down NBA Twitter, but I needed to get a Detroit Pistons specialist on here to tell us a little bit about Bruce Brown. Before we get into the trade, quick reminder, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms, including otgbasketball.com and Blue Wire Pods. But trade we're talking about today Bruce Brown to the Brooklyn Nets, Jana Musa and the 2021 second round pick via the Toronto Raptors headed to Detroit. Corey, a, re- a reaction when you saw this trade? Uh, I was stunned. I think that a lot of people, obviously the Detroit Pistons are heading in more of a rebuilding scenario. If As long as Pistons fans get what they want, there's still the fear that they might try to throw money at uh, like a Fred Van Vliet or something like that. But if we're going into this rebuilding scenario, you would think that Bruce would have been one of your guys. Uh, yeah. He... Uh, as we talked about before we jumped on, he really kind of em- like embodied the culture of what a lot of like classic Pistons fans think of. He's really hardworking, knows the grindstone, uh, very much like defensive minded. And he, I mean, he, he looked like he was the first pick of the Ed Stefanski organization. And he looked like the kind of guy that they would not necessarily want to build around because he's not going to be like a star or anything like that. But he's a hardworking guy that loved being here. So I was, I was 
really taken aback. Yeah, it was a surprise for me. Like I, Bruce Brown is a guy I thought that the Pistons would want to keep because, like you said, culture-wise, and just seemed like a player you'd want to have as maybe a leader for some of the young guys. Obviously, young himself, but just had that good work ethic and understood what you needed to do to be an NBA rotation player. Like he was okay kind of grinding and making some of those hustle plays. And usually young guys that come in and are good defenders have good work ethic. And you saw like some of the offense improve. So for me, it was just a shock. And I'll be honest, like I was shocked that the Nets were able to trade John Amusa and get something in return. There was reports, I think, via Shams or Woj that there were there was some interest around the league. But to get a player who could probably contribute on next year's team and actually get minutes and not make you feel sick about it and really cover a need in terms of guard defense, I was pretty happy about it from the Nets perspective. Tell me a little bit about what Nets fans can expect from Bruce Brown on next year's squad. Yeah, so I think he is obviously there's a lot of flux with your guys guard situation who's going to be there who's not but I do think that he does warrant some minutes he uh, is a lockdown defender and I, I'm not saying that lightly here's just some indications on stuff like uh, you said we talked about he, he played against your nets last year and uh, Kyrie was when when Bruce was guarding him was two for 10 from the field with two turnovers. And th- that was a game that he had a 20-point triple-double. So while he was going off against everybody else, Bruce was able to hold him in check. Uh, last year, he held Bradley Beal to 4-for-10 in the game, uh, Malcolm Brockton 4-for-10, TJ Warren 3-for-10, and Zach Levine 1-of-6. So uh, you can put him on some of these higher-end uh, offensive options, and he will lock them down. I know that early on in the season, he held Trey Young. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he held Trey Young to one of his worst effic- worst efficiency performances in his career. Uh he, he just will not be beat. Like He doesn't look like the kind of guy that's going to be able to keep up with everybody, but he's annoying, uh, yep. to say the least. And he will get under their skin, and he has a little bit of a swagger to him. He'll make some some faces that you, you can tell that it's not only just a mean mug, but it's also to kind of get in their head. Yep. And uh, he forces bad shots. Um, he needs to improve on the offensive end. He is slowly improving. He definitely took a small step in that regard from year one to year two. And I think that eventually he could end up being – a little bit better of a three-point shooter. Nothing amazing, uh, but last year he was he only attempted 1.7 per game, so it's obviously a small sample size. But he jumped up from 25% to 34%. So it's not great. It, it, he obviously, you would like to see that on more volume, but it, it's a step in the right direction. So um, definitely something of a playmaker. I don't know how much of an opportunity he'll get with that, like being, being able to run even like the second unit on your guys' team with so many guards, but he's capable at least. Yeah, I love the defense. I think even watching him on the small sample size, you mentioned that game against Kyrie, he was really aggravating Kyrie. And he also just does a good job, like you said, kind of getting under their skin, has that little bit of swag. And the Nets desperately need anything defensively, be it a guard, wing, defender, whatever it might be. And the fact that he's able to kind of hold his own and really frustrate some of the top offensive scorers in the league, great sign for the Nets. And like you mentioned, I think offensively, you saw strides last year, and even if the Nets do make a lot of trades, like there, I doubt he's going to get a playmaking opportunity in terms of being like a lead yeah. ball handler. He could end up being secondary in some units, but even the fact that he has the ability to make you know quick decisions now should benefit him because he will get a lot of kickouts. You know what I mean? There's going to be opportunities for him to drive to the rim, especially if he's not feeling comfortable with that three-point shot. But obviously, if you're playing with Kyrie and KD and possibly mm-hmm. you know a James Harden, you need to be able to catch and shoot. Those corner numbers, I looked at them quickly. I want to say he shot 40% from three in the corner, which is promising. But it seems like he's kind of one of those guys that he doesn't shoot every open three that he gets. 
Correct. Yeah, it's it's 39.3 in the left corner and 43.8 in the right corner. But even then, it's only 28 attempts in one and 32 in the other. So it's not enough. Like, you, yep. you want to see him take more because – and that's a, a lot of what it is. It's while he's very confident on the defensive end, you can tell that there's a lot of time he has the open shot and he looks for the, for the pass, which, I mean, if you're in, like, a championship-level mode, you'd rather him doing that, like, if he can find yep. a better shot for a teammate. Which so on a team like yours, like that's perfect because that's your your aspirations this year are title. And if he's finds himself in like a third quarter where he's playing with some of the starters, that's perfect. But he needs to take more of those shots, and I think he will. I th- you could tell that he was getting more comfortable with it as the season went on, and some of that's just growing pains. I mean, while he is twenty four, he was this is only his second year. He was a second round pick, so like it, it's really about earning his spot and. Coach Casey has a tight leash on people, like especially yep. with like younger guys. If if you make mistakes, he's not afraid to pull you. Is kind of a teaching moment, and that rubs some people the wrong way. But I think somebody like Bruce really uh, like uh, like will embrace that. And um, I think the biggest issue that kind of led led him out of here is that he has some point guard potential, not like as his nominal position, but like he mm. can run that in some scenarios. And Dwayne Casey never saw that. Like he, he's not, and he's aggressive. He's like, I don't think that that's his role. And that's probably not his ultimate role, but if that's something that you have in your arsenal, that's the kind of player that fits better on a championship or a playoff qualifying team, as opposed to a rebuilding team where you kind of want to, you want to like, they're going to go for a guard this year. So he's obviously going to, that would curb his minutes, but I think he could play that in spot minutes here. Yeah. I feel like, like, in Brooklyn or a championship team, you want to have those multiple ball handlers. Correct. Where on a championship, on a, you know, a rebuilding team, you want your lead guard to get as many touches as possible to kind of run the show to see if he's going to be that guy moving forward. So how many minutes do you think, you know, let's hypothetically say the Nets stay pat for the most part. Maybe they move Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and like Torian Prince, make some upgrades on the wing, you know, maybe Aaron Gordon or Robert Covington. But they have Kyrie, they have KD, they have Karis LeVert, essentially to maybe start and then lead that second unit. How many minutes do you think we'd be seeing for Bruce Brown? Um... I don't know. It's like I, I don't. I don't know what to expect with if Steve Nash is going to be like a, a type that really limits minutes, a la like a like a Budenholzer or something like that. Because then you see like your role players' minutes get a little bit of an uptick. But I would guess somewhere around fifteen to start, just because I do think there's a role there, and I think that he is somebody that will kind of come in and really impress them with his work ethic. So I could see him starting at around fifteen. But I mean, like I said, it all depends on what they do. They seem like they're going to be one of the more active teams in free agency. So. I mean, he might not. He might end up being like your fifth or sixth guard after everything's said and done. So you never know. But that would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough. I think even if they didn't make any trades and they kept, you know, yeah. all the guards they have, like I could still see him getting minutes just because he provides the need of being that lockdown guard defender that they just don't have. Like yeah. Spencer and Karis have the potential to be good defenders, but they haven't showcased it enough where you feel confident about it. If you have somebody like Trey Young who's just cooking, you might have to play Bruce Brown that night 20, 25 minutes just to kind of cool him off or make his life more difficult. And then if, you know, if anything were to happen and they have the James Harden trade, now, you know, Bruce Brown is essentially your backup point guard and he's getting bigger minutes. So there's a lot of different roles I feel like he can fill for the Nets. And I like the fact that he's improving and maybe he could adapt to some different things depending on the roster. I mean, just talking from the Nets perspective, these are the type of moves that you make for a championship team that really can be the difference in a playoff series. If you're having, you know, someone in Bruce Brown in which you can actually play and provide value or having somebody in John Musa who you would never want to see touch the court in a playoff game. 2020 has reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be more efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. 
Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching with candidate instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only site that moves as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. What type of impact do you think he can make in the playoffs? Do you think his game translates well over there based off of what we saw this year, a lot of ISO basketball and a lot of pick and roll? I think so. I think that, and I'm trying to bring up his playoff numbers because he was with the t- he was with the Pistons when they made the play like, like he was as a rookie. Um, I mean, he, it was at that point it was basically all defense. He basically he barely yeah. did anything else at that point, which is fine. I mean, he was a 22 year old rookie. Um, I do think he has I, it, like it depends on matchups. Obviously, I think he's the kind of guy that you see teams like the Heat or stuff like that this year where they're getting players for specific situations. Yep. And say so in, in a hypothetical world, I don't know how optimistic you are about the Hawks. I don't. I'm not as optimistic as some, but say you're in a magical world where you would play a team like that in the playoffs, like you said with Trey Young, you could yep. throw him on Trey Young, and like that's that just hounds him for it makes his life more difficult while your stars are able to get off easier shots. I don't think that you're really going to be relying on him to do anything offensively, but if he's able to spot up in the corners, I think that that's a skill that obviously will translate. A lot of that I do think depends on if you trade the other guys. I think if you have all of the same guards on the roster, I think his playoff, I think he'll be one of the play, people that's a casualty of playoff minutes, but. If there's a little bit more openness in terms of guard play, I think he definitely has a role. I think he is the kind of guy that translates to the playoffs because he never stops working. Yeah, I think just the fact that he provides a skill set that you need that the other guys lack, that even if they do have him, they could still get him. But like you said, he's not going to be your first choice, especially offensively, given some of those limitations. But if he can develop into just an average three-point shooter, I think the Nets would probably be ecstatic about that. He's going to get a ton of wide-open looks playing with the guys in which we mentioned. What would you say is like best case scenario for Bruce Brown's career? Like, I'm sure he's not getting the best development in Brooklyn. They're still going to develop guys. It's obviously going to be championship focus. But where could we see his growth maybe over the next two seasons? I realistically think that he is the kind of guy that will be in the league for about 10 years, probably play on a bunch of playoff teams, come off the bench. Uh, not So it's not the exact same kind of game, but something like, like a Jay Crowder type where he can okay. – like, hound somebody on defense, and he'll always be a strong defender. And 
every once in a while, like I, I think like he's not there yet, but I think he could develop into that streaky kind of three point shooter just because of the leaps that you see him make from year one to year two. I think that that's something that will continue. So I could see that if he's a streaky shooter, uh, smart and finding like the cutting lanes for yep. passes to another guy, I, I think that that's a comp that I would be kind of comfortable with. And that's the kind of guy that stays in the league for forever until like until people stop calling whenever he's almost 40 and he's played on a bunch of different playoff teams i don't think necessarily he'll be signing many long-term contracts with teams but i think he'll bounce around and probably play for a bunch of playoff teams yeah he's the type of guy that seems like playoff teams champion teams will want just because he can develop into that essentially three and d guard with maybe a little bit of playmaking so what do you think about his jump shot? I know we talked about possibly the percentages. Like from a mechanic standpoint, is it like a smooth looking one where you have confidence or is it a little bit of rough? I haven't necessarily do- dove in the tape in terms of a shot. Uh, depends on how much he's feeling it that night. Sometimes it's, it, it looks really nice. Other times it's you, can, you it, it's not that it's like mechanically bad. It's you can tell the hesitation throws it off a little bit. So mm, that seems that, to be like, a problem for a lot of young guys or guys that aren't super confident in their shot. It's like every time you see them shoot, it's not necessarily the same form, which tends to hurt them. We actually see a similar problem with Karis Levert on the Nets. He, he fixed yep. the issue a little bit this year, but over the past couple of seasons, he would shoot just – you'd watch him shoot threes, and every time it'd kind of be a different look. It's like, you know, it's hard to get consistency when you do that. Yeah, and it's happened with a lot of our guys too. Like, I mean, obviously, we're, this is not a Pistons-focused podcast, but it's a similar issue that we saw with Luke Kennard. While mm-hmm. he's a dead-eye three-point shooter – for the first two years of his career, all people were screaming was just shoot. I, I don't know if it's that they're afraid for like to be pulled or if they're lacking confidence against NBA defense. And it, it, because uh, Luke's is a little bit more of a pure shot, but th- I, I think that's what it is. I think it's just about building confidence because the skills are there. He has the mechanics. And like I said, he's improving in, in terms of corner threes and stuff like that. So I don't think that, I think with work, he'll become more efficient. And I think that, he wants to put in that work. And I, I don't think he lacks for confidence in other areas. So as long as he's given like the push in the right direction, then I think that, that that's something that you can really like expect to see. Yeah. And given what the Nets have and their coaching staff, obviously different this year, still some names carrying over. I'd expect him to help him out in that area. But Corey, anything else on Bruce Brown that you think Nets fans should know or be excited about this upcoming season? Uh, I just think, I think it's a perfect fit. I think that, Fans will love him. I've, I've kind of appreciated your team from afar just because I, I like the weird collection of talent that they're building, whether it be the young guys. I've always been a Spencer Dinwiddie guy because he was a former Piston. Um, I, I think the fit's really clean. I think he does fit the roster well. I think that you'll, I, I was never the type to really fall in love with defense, but he really brings that out of you. Uh, yep. I think he'll be a quick fan favorite off the bench. I really do. I'm not I'm not just saying that because he came from my team. I think the personality that he brings will mesh well with the stars in the sense that He's an interesting guy, and uh, I think that it, it's a it's a really perfect fit. Yeah, and it just seems like he has a willingness to buy into his role and just absolutely and just be that complimentary piece to the big stars. And like you said, I even talking to you, Corey. I know I had like a little interaction on Twitter talking to some other Pistons guys. It just seems like Bruce Brown is a type of player that fans love because he plays so damn hard. And even though the offense isn't there, he always brings the defense, so you can count on one thing every single night. Pistons fans were rather bummed today, and while like, I saw and a some lot of people is, calling for the GM, <laughs> which is let me get in front of that. That's ludicrous because he's been. This is his first trade. Like yeah. obvious, like it's crazy. But it, I've never seen a reaction like this for a guy that everyone at the same time is acknowledging is not ever going to be a star. It's yeah. because like sometimes when you see young talent get traded, they're like, oh, we've given up on him too fast. I, and Pistons fans have done that with, like I said, uh, with Spencer Dinwiddie or. Chris Middleton, stuff like that has happened. But it's not even like that. It's just he is so 
beloved by the fan base that it hurt. And I, I don't think that that's going to go away in a new city. I think he's going to develop that connection, even as somebody who's like, what, your seventh or eighth best player. I think that he is just a very likable part of a team and he will bring a little bit of a culture that all like the team already has. Like, I, I do think that a lot of guys on your team are, are hardworking and stuff like that too. So I think he'll fit right in. Yeah. I like, it was, I, I like the fact he brings like a little bit of physicality and you mentioned oh, yeah. his swag, like just the Nets kind of lacked some of that last year. Like if, you know, somebody got into a scuffle, the guy that would like kind of get into it would be like Torian Prince. He might not be on the team next year. So adding another guy like Bruce Brown, who is willing to kind of put his face in there, I think is good. Yeah, he's, he was 23 and not afraid to go up against some of the most lethal scorers in the league, and he he holds them in check. So I think it's it, I, it's invaluable. It's the kind of it's the kind of trade that I'm, I'm sure a lot you, you could speak to this probably more than I could, but I think a lot of Nets fans are probably like, I mean, it's cool that we traded this guy that we weren't necessarily attached to, but what does this do for us? But it's it's the kind of thing that pays dividends throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, to get it, the fact of a player that I actually think is good, like I, like you said, he's not going to be any type of star, but as a bench player in his role, I think he understands what he needs to do. So it is pretty exciting and not giving up much. That really is not going to have a long-term impact. Obviously, Nets fans wish Musa the best. There was some potential there. Was never really going to get an opportunity with the Nets to showcase that. But, Corey, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, I don't think so. I think you're you're looking for some more interesting news uh, in terms of trades coming up hopefully later this week for you guys. And uh <laughs> Uh, all I'm looking forward to is the draft. I, I think that this is the first of many moves for the Pistons. I, I keep an eye on them to be extremely active, not in the same title hunting sense that you guys are. But I think that the fact that, like I said before we came on, this is of the 15 people on the Pistons rosters, give or take however many are leaving in free agency. I think most Pistons fans would have told you he was like the 13th most likely to be traded. So I think that this is just kind of an indication of things to come. So uh, I think not only our two teams, but I think everybody's going to be very active this week. I don't think that's really going out on a limb. So, just enjoy the most fun time of the season that somehow happens to be in November instead of July. Yeah, this was kind of like the breadsticks before the entree. Like, it's a little yes. something. I wouldn't even call it the appetizer. It's just like a little taste to get your stomach going. But, Corey, appreciate you hopping on for the first time, providing us with that invaluable info about Bruce Brown. Hopefully, Nets fans love him. And big thanks, everybody, for listening. Like I mentioned before, you can catch us on all streaming platforms. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.